Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Six Simper Tyrannus! Whoa. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Ridiculous History. My name's Ben. Uh, my name is, what was that? Six Semper Tyrannus? Yes. Something about tyranny? Something about a tyrant? Yes. Thus to all tyrants. Oh, you're talking about uh, old Johnny Wilkes Booth. <laughs> yes. When, when, he, when he put one in uh, Abe Lincoln's dome at the old theater production of Our, Our Country Gentleman? No. Uh, Our American Cousin. Whatever. <laughs> Same difference. You got, cl- you got <laughs> pretty close. close there. Yeah. Was, was the spirit of it was there. Yeah. With one of my favorite uh, terrible one-liners in elementary school. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Uh, but it's never too soon to introduce our uh, our compatriot, our brother in arms, uh, the our third half of the podcast. If don't think about the math too much, that's our super producer Casey Peckram, who is back. You were missed, my friend. You were missed. Well, it's good to be back. How were your travels, sir? It was a whirlwind, but it was it was a good time. Did you not hang out with Nikki Six? Is that true? We did. Yeah, we. Um, I, I got to high five Nikki Six. Oh wow! Uh, got to hear some some great stories off air that I can't share here. Mm-hmm. How is this high five? 
It was solid, man. Good. And solid Ooh. high five technique. Yeah. That counts for a lot. Uh, also, just to be clear, you mean it was a whirlwind and that things were happening in quick succession, not that you were in a whirlwind with Nikki Six. That is correct, yes. We was just a, a very uh, action-packed few days in, in the Big Apple. Mm-hmm. Ah, in the Big Apple. By way of segue, uh, New York comes up a little bit in today's story. You heard Noel and I alluding to the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. On April 14th, 1865, the president was attending a play, uh, I think it's My American Cousin, at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. And that evening, while watching the play, he is assassinated by uh, the man you mentioned earlier, Noel, John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth screams, Six Semper Tyrannus. Thus to all tyrants, or thus always to tyrants. And according to John Wilkes Booth, that is what he shouted after he shot the president, in part because it was associated with the assassination of Caesar. However, while we all know, at least here in the States, kind of the story of John Wilkes Booth, what a lot of people don't know is that John Wilkes Booth had siblings. We've been doing a lot of this lately, haven't we? Like the lesser-known siblings of mm-hmm. famous historical figures. Mm-hmm. Have we done more than one? I swear we have. We did— uh, Well, we've done George Washington's brother. Right. Uh, we've done Jimmy Carter's uncle. Jimmy Carter's uncle. <laughs> yeah. And now we're doing John Wilkes Booth's brother. Right. Doing John Wilkes Booth's brother and Abraham Lincoln's eldest son in a— uh, Sort of a star-crossed, mm-hmm. star-crossed might be, no, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm going with yeah, this star-crossed situation where folks from different, like, diametrically opposed worlds somehow intersect uh, to make a difference in each other's lives. For good or for ill, exactly. right? Exactly. Kind of a cloud atlas thing we've got. A don't cloud get the reference, but atlas vibe going nope, on. Don't, don't know it. I, I, I would it. say the film is imperfect. Okay. The book is great. You, you, you're you into it? it? Yeah. I heard the I like film it. had some really bad accents. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, you know, the the thing is, part of the film takes place in the future, and so some of those accents you're hearing are future accents. So I, you know, yeah, there were some silly parts. Uh, the one I'm remembering most specifically is Tom Hanks. God bless that amazing man to his from his bones to his soul and beyond uh, has has an accent that did pull me out of the story when it's in the far future. They talk about things like the true true and the big true true. It's weird. You know, that reminds me, that reminds me of uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, gosh. You yeah, know, they, say, they, they say some weird stuff like that. Like, you slap happy something or other. Like, I don't know. There's Isn't a lot that of, based on this, the, the it's L. Ron lore Hubbard. of Scientology? Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay. It was a, yeah, it was a movie that L. Ron Hubbard wanted to get made for a long time, and John Travolta made that happen for him. Wasn't Forrest Whitaker in that? Forrest Whitaker's in it. John Travolta's <sighs> in it. Uh, what's that guy's name? Barry Pepper. Barry, oh, Barry yeah. Pepper. Casey, Casey on, on the, the case. case. Let's get back to the case of John Wilkes Booth's brother. So we know that John Wilkes Booth was a a well-known actor in his time, right? Uh, He was regularly landing these lead roles at the theaters. Was he in our Kentucky gentleman? I'm sorry, our American brethren, cousin? Cousin. Was he in it? He was not performing 
in the play that night, which makes sense because he would have to sneak off stage, right, to to perform the assassination. But he was known about the theater scene, right? So he was probably hanging out at this theater and other theaters on a regular basis. His brothers, Edwin and Junius Jr. I love the name Junius. I love the junior on it. Junius Jr. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I didn't. How did I not even catch that? I was so <laughs> caught up in Junius. That's brilliant. I know. Junius Jr. Junius Jr. Edwin and Junius were also actors. And Edwin was actually more famous than his brother John, at least before the assassination. Right. And he was – Edwin Booth was often listed as one of the best American stage actors in history. And our story doesn't take place on the uh, that fateful night in the Ford Theater. It doesn't. No, it starts somewhere in what, late 1864, early 1865? Yeah, on a train platform in New Jersey. Jersey City, New Jersey. 21-year-old Robert Lincoln was uh, trying to buy himself a ticket uh, for a train journey in a sleeper car. Um, And he was part of a big crowd and was uh, kind of smushed up against the idling train car um, waiting to get this ticket. And as the train began to move, he actually fell onto the platform, which is a fear. You know how they say, mind the gap? Mm-hmm. That's what they mean. That's why they tell you to mind the gap. It's so things like this don't happen. But he was kind of being pushed up against it, and then he lost his footing, and he fell into the tracks. Thank God it wasn't like Subway where you hit that third rail and you're toast. Right, yeah. But this still means that serious injury or death could be in the cards for the uh, unlucky Robert Lincoln. Until that is, and imagine some inspiring heroic music playing here, someone from the crowd reaches out and they grab Robert Lincoln by his collar and they haul him back up to safety. And Robert Lincoln turns around and who does he see but Edwin Booth, one of the most famous actors of the time. Robert Lincoln instantly recognizes Edwin Booth. Uh, This is, again, a few months before. He recognizes him for his acting prowess. Right. Not for being related to the guy who will one day kill his father. That's right. That would have required some sort of gift of sight, Mm -hmm. which we, we have no record that he had. It's strange because history tells us that Edwin, when he later learned that the man whose life he saved was Robert Lincoln... Edwin was pretty was pretty happy with that because his brother was a, a Confederate sympathizer, right? Not above assassination, which makes him functionally a terrorist. Uh, but Edwin was a New York resident, and he was a huge supporter of the Union cause. They had a they had a pretty complex relationship. I mean. Edwin Booth voted for Abraham Lincoln in 1864, and his brother John Wilkes Booth was incredibly disappointed by his brother's vote, and he lectured him. And Edwin was 31 years old at the time of that election, but it was his first time voting, and he felt this amazing pride swell up inside him because he felt like he was finally doing what an American citizen is supposed to do. Uh, He wrote to his friend, Emma F. Carey, in November of 1864, saying, I voted for Lincoln t'other day, that is T apostrophe other, the first vote I ever cast, and I suppose now I am an American citizen all over, as I have ever been in my heart. 
you'll hear he got a little Southern toward the end there. Yeah. Because he was moved. Acting. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> there he was. Uh, hey, do you remember the first time you voted? Yeah, I think I voted for, uh, I think I did something stupid, like voted for Nader or something. <laughs> Why well, you vote your conscience? I, I don't know. I, uh, they call that throwing away your vote, I think is what that's called. I don't know. I voted for some third party, like Green Party candidate or something. I can't remember who it was. It, it's irrelevant. Yeah, I do remember. It was in a high school gym. Not particularly remarkable. I guess that's where a lot of people vote. Yeah, and you don't you don't get anything when it's your first time voting, which I was I enjoyed it. I felt like I was doing the right thing. I always grew up very civic minded, but I kind of thought, you know, someone would care that it was my first time voting, but the the people at the counter where you register, they they just wanted the day to be over. They were very nice, but it was a very long day. What was it like back then? Did you punch the ticket? You punched it with like a little pen. Like a, like a like a like a pokey thing on the front, isn't that how it was? Oh, in my day, you had to you had to cut your hands and bleed out. Ah, yes, onto the yes yeah. onto your candidate of choice. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's what they mean when they say vote your conscience. <laughs> that's what they mean. That's yeah. that's where the uh, that's where the phrase derives. But you get a sticker though. You, you do get something, but everyone gets that. You always get a sticker. That's true. Even even back in those days. You ever thought about just getting the sticker and not actually voting? You know. Okay, I'm going to share this with everyone. This is an unethical <laughs> life hack tip. That I have done for years. I routinely vote. I like the feeling of participating in these sorts of systems and institutions. But I don't put the sticker on. When I get the sticker, I keep it. You stockpile stickers, I stockpile stickers just in case they don't make it for a vote. (sighs) I've never had to use it. You just outed yourself, son. Well, that's because I've never had to use it. I actually vote. Okay, well, hook me up with some of those bad boys. (laughs) You want some stickers? No, I'm a voter, dude. I'm a (laughs) civic-minded guy, just like, you know, the best of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like Edwin Booth. Edwin Booth, indeed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? 
I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So here's the thing. I mean, Edwin Booth really was kind of beloved because, like he said, he was a union supporter, as were his parents, Junius and Mary. Um, he was not anything like his much more fringy, what we look at now, looking back, more like terroristy kind of brother, John. Um, and John was deeply disappointed that his brother voted uh, for the union. Yeah, this is strange. And when we say deeply disappointed, we don't mean tisk tisk tut tut. We mean that John Wilkes Booth apparently became livid and said something along the lines of, you fool, one day that man will make himself king of this country. That's right. When we say the union, of course, we mean uh, Abraham Lincoln. Um, and our star-crossed heroes uh, for today's story, well, it might seem like an absolute coincidence— Maybe not so much, right? There's there's a little bit more to the story, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've run into this in the past. Sometimes you'll hear historical anecdotes that sound just too good, really, mm-hmm. to, to, be, to be true. And this may be one of the exceptions to that rule. We do know that it really happened. Maybe maybe there's still some question about the particulars, but in a letter to the editor of Century Magazine, a guy named Richard Gilder in 1909, Robert Todd Lincoln himself tells the story of how Edwin Booth had saved his life. Gilder had wanted to know whether the story was true because it had already been written about a number of times up until that point, especially when Booth died in 1893. But the weird thing about it is in those days, fact-checking was not Uh, prioritized as highly as it is today in theory. As a matter of fact, one could argue that we're getting back to the days where facts take the backseat to uh, a good story. We have an excerpt from Robert Lincoln's version of the story of Edwin Booth saving his life. And this recollection uh, goes as follows. The incident occurred while a group of passengers were late at night purchasing their sleeping car places from the conductor who stood on the station platform at the entrance of the car. This is some intense 
descriptive language here, if I, if I do say so myself. Uh, the platform was about the height of the car floor, and there was, of course, a narrow space, the gap, uh, between the platform and the car body. Uh, there was some crowding, and I happened to be pressed by it against the car body while waiting my turn. This is amazing. This is so visceral. Uh, in this situation, the train began to move, and by the motion, I was twisted off my feet and had dropped somewhat with feet downward into the open space and was personally helpless when my coat collar was vigorously seized and I was quickly pulled up out to a secure footing on the platform. Upon turning to thank my rescuer, I saw it was Edwin Booth, whose face was, of course, well known to me, and I expressed my gratitude to him and in doing so called him by name. Which is a weird detail to end on, isn't it? He's like, and in doing so. Called him by name. Sure did. Thank you, Edwin Booth. Edwin Booth. <laughs> my hero. Were it not for your vigorous collar pull. Yes, exactly. You, you understand what I'm saying, though? Like, the language is so over-the-top, erudite, and descriptive. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. So we can see the human moment shining through here. Like, imagine that you had uh, something like this, because we've all been around subways before. So imagine that you are almost falling into the path of a subway, and all of a sudden— Someone yanks you from behind and saves your life, and you turn around and you realize, whoa, it's Cheryl Crow or something like that, you know? I'm just working in a Cheryl Crow reference here because it's been a while. Or it's the Quister, or it's, I don't know, Tom Hanks, somebody. You now have this great anecdote about a celebrity. And as we said, for a while, Edwin Booth had no idea that he had saved the life of one of Lincoln's children. He just thought he was being a stand-up dude. He didn't find out about it until he received a letter from a Colonel Adam Badeau, a friend of Booth's. And Robert Lincoln had told the colonel this story. Uh, and both Robert Lincoln and Badeau were members of General Grant's staff at the time. So here's the question. This is a little bit of myth-busting. We hate to be the party poopers in the room, but the truth is important. Did Booth's action really qualify as saving Robert Lincoln's life? Lincoln backed away from his claims a little bit later in his years, and he said that the train had come to a stop when he fell, so he was only in danger of falling from the platform to the ground. And he said, I, I probably would have been injured, but I wouldn't have been seriously injured. Not that I'm not grateful. I'm very grateful, and I love this story. It's an amazing, you know, it, it's an amazing thing to tell people when, I, when I'm hanging out at dinner parties. So maybe it was a little bit exaggerated in the beginning, but you know what wasn't exaggerated? The troubles Edwin Booth encountered after his brother shot the president. So after the assassination, um, I mean— Dude, they had to have seen it coming a little bit. I mean, this guy was obviously espousing all of this anti-union rhetoric, and he was clearly the black sheep of the family. But his actions, John Wilkes Booth's actions at that theater, absolutely uh, dragged his family name through the mud. They were all, by proxy, persona non grata. Um, he lost his brother, you know, actually, the life of his brother, um, lost his candidate, his president, this man who he truly believed in, and he— essentially was almost personally ruined because no one wanted to touch him with a 10-foot pole because he had the stink of his brother's treason all over him, right? His engagement got canceled. Yeah. He, the uh, family of his fiancée forced her to break it off. Jeez, man. <sighs> yeah. And he was, quote, stricken to the ground 
And only with time and aid of his friends was he able to make a recovery. It's it's strange because what they're describing sounds like anywhere from a nervous breakdown to deep, deep depression. He was essentially on suicide watch for a while. Yeah. Um, and even though he and his, his parents had absolutely nothing to do with his brother's actions, ideologically couldn't have been further away from him, they were actually arrested by federal officials. And the public just treated them like lepers, you know, Um, all because of what John Wilkes Booth did. And this is immediately after he was identified as the assassin. What a rough lot, man. Like, uh, you know. It's terrible. Guilt by association. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many 
different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Edwin eventually makes it back in the stage and tries to resurrect his career about eight months after the assassination, which may have been a little too soon, you think? Oh, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the time limit on that would be. But he came back in January of 1866. And while Edwin was trying to put the pieces back together, his family withdrew from public life for years and years and years. And they continued to live with this black mark on their social record, I guess, their socio-political record for the rest of their lives, despite being ardent supporters of Lincoln and the Union. While this is still happening, while all this is happening on one hand, on the other hand, Edwin is on a mission to get his brother's remains so that they can bury him at the family plot. Yeah. Pretty sad story. Mm -hmm. And it takes three years for him to get those remains released. Because I mean, he's still his brother, you know? Still his brother. Yeah, they, yeah. they, 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 they. they. Grew up together. They loved each other. I mean, obviously there was some distance between them, but I, I, it does not. There's nothing that indicates that anybody in their family suspected that he would do anything as radical as he did. And we do have some documentation about the way that John's uh, Confederate leanings kind of put put a wedge between him and his family members. Oh, I love the language in this one. Uh, so he's writing a letter to a guy named Nahum Capon. N-A-H-U-M, Capon, in 1881. This is what we're talking about, right, where he's describing his brother? Yeah. Uh, okay, so the, all things aside, the, the language of this is amazing. Uh, <clears throat> Dear sir, I can give you very little information regarding my brother John. I seldom saw him since early boyhood in Baltimore. He was a rattle-pated fellow, filled with quixotic notions. While at the farm in Maryland, he would charge on horseback through the woods, spouting heroic speeches with a lance in his hand, a relic of the Mexican War, given to father by some soldier who had served under Taylor. We regarded him as a good-hearted, harmless, though wild-brained boy, and used to laugh at his patriotic froth whenever secession was discussed. That he was insane on that one point, no one who knew him well can doubt. Mm. What does rattle-pated mean? Is it like being Twitter-pated? Is it, yeah, like, so a pate would be, what, like your head? Uh, what, but isn't Twitter-pated a thing? Yeah, Twitter-pated is when you're very excited. When you're excited. Rattle-pated means you're very rattled, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. How, what's the context? How's it used here? Yeah, okay, so he was a rattle-pated fellow with quixotic, quixotic notions. So I guess that would mean quirky, lofty ideals, kind of, so maybe rattle-pated Scatterbrains. Maybe it just means kind of a freaking weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little, like, jittery. That's what, that's what the word makes me think of. Yeah. Like, yeah. on edge, right? Like, will, like, uh, like uh, prone to wild outbursts and quixotic notions. According to my very cursory search, it means lacking discretion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay, exactly. I, I like it, though. I I, I, I I love it. I don't know if I could pull that off in conversation. Yeah, you might get called out on that one. 
Well, because then you would have to explain it. And then people would say, why? And then we would say, well, uh, you know, uh, me and my pals do this show on the internet and we, I'm trying to bring back archaic curse words. Mm. I don't know. And then they'll just like be like, you, you, you're going to have to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like a, that's a $25 word. Yeah. In fact, you should have to pay $25 for the privilege of using that word. But I love it in, in theory. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Someone else will be able to bring back rattle pated. No, maybe this just isn't our fight. <laughs> But uh, we do know that when he was talking about his brother, you can see you can see the affection that he felt, and you can see the distance. And the rest of his letter, which is a little long to read here, is him explaining how that politics drove a wedge between them, and also how little he felt they knew each other in the end. He always thinks of him as that poor, crazy boy. That poor, crazy, rattle-pated boy. Rattle-pated. That's mm. right. And thus ends our episode, but not our show. You're right, Noel. We have been we have been establishing a little bit of a pattern of looking at lesser-known relatives of historical figures. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, too. Have we reached 200 episodes yet? You know what? We were talking about this. Did we ever talk about this on air? I don't know if we did or not. Okay, because I know I was... I was we're we're, we're, we're eking up on it. We're eking? Eking up? Eking? Eking. Eking. We're eking up on it. We're we're getting to the precipice. This might be 201. I'm not sure. Because I think Casey pointed out that we had released a few creature feature features mm-hmm. uh, in the feed, which upped our number, but we're not going to count those towards our, towards our total, I don't think. So I yeah. think... We should do something fun. Yeah, like what? I don't know. Like wear, go to wear da- fun hats. Go to Dave and Buster's. Do a live podcast from Dave and Buster's. Yeah, go to a history museum. I love the uh, New York Museum of Natural History. That's a great one. I haven't been to that one in a long time. It's great. I'll it, check it, it out. It's a, it's a whole. We can celebrate separately. <laughs> okay, I think great. we're both on the road. We're we're, we're going to be doing a little traveling together. That's true. And then you're off. Uh, f- well, I'm not going to spill the beans on this one, but you got a serious adventure coming up, don't you? I got a lot of stuff I got to do. Mm-hmm. I got to go home. Involving sonar. Pack my socks. And your sonar. <laughs> and my sonar, yes. Uh, but all will be revealed in time. Uh, the conversation doesn't have to stop here. We want to hear your favorite lesser-known relatives or associates of historical figures. You can tell us about it on Facebook. You can tell us about it on Instagram. You can tell us about it on Twitter. We especially like to recommend our community page, Ridiculous Historians. Yeah, it's a great place to catch up with your fellow listeners and get up on the latest history memes or the oldest history memes. Really, there's no cutoff for history memes, except for us, 1990. Four, yeah, nineteen ish, the nineties, nineties. Let's yeah. just say the nineties. Everything, everything newer than that is not history to <laughs> us, anyway. On this, <laughs> on this year's show, um, but yeah, if you can also check us out on social media, we're ridiculous history on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter and all that. But uh, the, most of the fun happens on our personal social feeds. Mine is at How Now Noel Brown, and I am at Ben Bolin on Instagram. I am at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter. Thanks as always to our super producer. Casey Pegram, thanks to Alex Williams who composed that stone cold hit you hear at the top of every show. Big thanks to our uh, super research associate Gabe Luzier and Ryan Barish who has been on the show a couple of times was kind of helping us out as part of a a summer, um, what do you call it? Like a work study kind of situation, right? For his uh, degree. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's why Ryan has such a, an authoritative scholarly air, because he is a scholar. He is indeed a scholar, uh, whereas we are uh, armchair scholars at R- best. Rattle-pated. We are rattle-pated, uh, fake Herman Miller Aaron chair uh, scholars. That's what we are. Um, but we have a really good time doing it. We're going to miss Ryan, but we're going to definitely have him back. Um, have to. Have to. Have um, to. Those were some fun episodes. Um, so thanks to you, Ryan. Here's to you and here's to your uh, your master's degree in history. Yes, congratulations. Casey, c- c- can we get a wild applause cue? Yes, thank you for classing up the show, Ryan. Thanks as always, friends of the show, Eve's Jeffcoat, uh, Christopher Hasiotis, and to Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister. I feel like we're going to be hearing from him pretty soon. We've, our time is up. I felt a, a, a fell wind as I was walking into the studio. Yeah, something wicked definitely this way comes. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.